the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. As we continue this vital series on a call to holiness, consider these questions. What does it mean to live holy? How do we live holy as Christians? Why must we live holy? If we are to affect the world for the kingdom of God, we must maximize our effectiveness by meeting God's requirements for kingdom living and kingdom building. Listen closely as Pastor Rander ministers to our hearts, minds, and souls. Remember to have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Turn with us to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. We're actually in part two of a message that we began a couple of weeks ago in a series that we started. 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And there you will find these words. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach uh, this morning a call to holiness. A call to holiness. In a world that is filled with corruption, in a world that is filled with perversion and deception, in a world that's filled with addiction and the glamorization of sin, there's a call by God himself for his children to live holy. If the world cannot see a true representation of Christ in us, then where will they see it? I reiterate, if the world can't see Christ in you as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, then where else will they see it? So many people no longer go to the house of God to worship with his people. Many do not have a Bible, and even if they did, many would even read it. Many are filled with the philosophies and ideologies of this world system. Many are filled with secular media, talk shows, and entertainment. It's also amazing that people from every sector of society have a word today. The rappers have a word. The rock stars have a word. Professional athletes use their platform to dispense a word. Actors have a word. Politicians got a word. College students got a word. Coworkers got a word. Influential people, they all have a word. But who has a word from the Lord? Therefore, it is critical for people to see the light of Christ shining through Christians and the good news of Jesus Christ being dispensed from us in this dark and decadent society in which we live. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14, as obedient, that's, that's the key word, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, verse 14. 
Verse 14 is saying that before coming to Christ, we were estranged from God. Before coming to Christ, we were ignorant. We did not have the knowledge of God in our minds. And we did not have the life of God in our soul. We were children of disobedience under the power of Satan before coming to Christ. And Peter here challenges the saints not to conform themselves to their former lust, which is to possess an inner longing, an inner desire, an inner craving for that which is forbidden by Almighty God. Things such as being sexually immoral, addicted to pornography, and filth, uttering obscenities, being depraved, corrupt, lewd, and even being carnal. After trusting Christ as our personal Savior, we are required by our Lord to be obedient to his command to be holy in all of our conduct, not some of our conduct, be holy in all of our conduct, in the totality of our conduct, and not return to our former lifestyle and lust when we were ignorant and living in rebellion against Almighty God. First Peter 1.15 says, but as, a, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. In other words, verse 15 is saying, not only is God holy, he is the personification of holiness. Holiness is not an option. We are commanded to live holy, not sometime, daily. We are to seek to live holy. We are commanded to live holy as we represent Christ as his ambassadors on earth. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 28 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we are to represent Christ here on earth. We must not conform or revert back to our old evil desires and behaviors of our past sinful lives. All aspect of our lives should be conformed to the word of God and his righteous standard. This Bible is God's righteous standard. And the word of God is not our standard. Then we have settled for something that is substandard. Our current lifestyle is not to reflect our former ignorance, but the holiness of our heavenly father who called us to be his very own. We belong to Jesus. We are children of God. We are saints. We are set apart for the glory of God. Only then can we represent him as true ambassadors for Christ. First Peter chapter one, verse 16, it says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. God is a holy God and he requires his children to be holy and you can't look like the Lord Jesus Christ living like the devil. Uh, it says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy, says God. Peter here references Old Testament law by quoting from Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. It should be our innermost desire to be holy because our heavenly father is holy. We don't want to misrepresent the father before an onlooking world through unrighteous living, hypocrisy, deception, and an unholy lifestyle, which gives the world a false impression of our God. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44a says, for I am the Lord, your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves. You shall be holy for I 
am holy. What does it mean to live holy? What does it mean to live holy? Since God calls us to live as his children holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means to live holy. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes, honor, and glory. I reiterate that. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes, for his divine honor, and for his glory. We're here for God and not ourselves. One whose life, what does it mean to be to live holy? Ho, to live holy is to know that your life is for the purpose of living pure, being morally pure before the Lord through continually confessing our sins, living a clean life. Holiness is to be just. Holiness is to be just. It is to be chaste. It is to be righteous. And it is to be godly. This is one whose life is harmonized and aligned and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness and conduct and character. This Bible will align your life to the word of God. It will conform your life. It will transform your life. That's why the devil will keep you from this book and will do everything within his power to keep you from this book because he knows if you can just get in this book, your, your life will be transformed. Your speech will be transformed. It will, this book will regulate your thinking. You will not think like the culture. There are a whole lot of things that you hold on to, you throw away once your life is aligned on the authoritative word of God. And listen, this book is, 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 is the supreme book of books. It brings transformation. It is the book of life and it will give you life if you surrender to it, internalize it, digest it, and live it out to the glory of Almighty God. To live holy, we must be filled with the indwelling Holy Spirit. To live holy, we must love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To live holy, we must deny ourselves and follow Christ no matter what the cost. If we say we are living holy, any and all sin we commit will be convicting and we will be compelled to sincerely confess and repent of our sins and seek forgiveness and cleansing from Almighty God. As Christians, we are called to holiness. Ask yourself this question, where do I stand? What are the prerequisites for holiness? What are the prerequisites for holiness? Number one, apart from being born again, it is impossible to live holy. Unless you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you and I cannot live holy. Holiness means that you must be born again. It is impossible to live holy apart from being born anew by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. If you fail to view yourself as a sinner, you will not see a need for a savior. Nothing's wrong with me. It doesn't take all that. Well, then you just as lost as a goose. The gospel of John chapter three, verse three says, 
Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. I like that word. When is the last time you've asked someone, have you been born again? Have you been born again? The scripture says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The gospel of Luke chapter 18, verse 13 also says, and the tax collector collector standing afar off. Look there, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a sinner. And when you, when you lie and steal and cheat, that reminds you that you're still a sinner and you have lost sinners and you have saved sinners. That's right. And, uh, but I don't want you to focus on the fact that you're a sinner. I want you to focus on the fact that you are a Christian, that you're saved by the blood of Jesus. And as you walk with Christ, there will be a sinning to a lesser degree. As you grow in Christ, there ought to be less sin in your life. That's right. You, you ought not be 80 years old, the biggest sinner on this side of the Mississippi River. That's right. You, you ought to be growing in Christ. And as you grow in Christ and love Christ and follow Christ, there, there will be less sin, which causes you to look more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, what are the prerequisites for holiness? Uh, number two, living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. Living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. You are either a child of God or a child of the devil. Whose family are you in? That's it. It's not 15 families. You are either, a, you either in the family of Christ or you are in the family of Satan. Whose family are you in? Verse 14 says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to former lusts. Remember all that stuff you used to do? As in your ignorance. You were just as ignorant because you didn't know the book of the law. The Bible will educate you spiritually. The Bible will grow you up. The, the Bible will illuminate your mind. The Bible will give you spiritual insight. The Bible does what politics can't do. The Bible does what academia cannot do. The Bible does what entertainment uh, cannot do. It is the word of God that deliver us from ignorance. Ignorance. And listen, if you have been in the faith for 5, 10, 15 years, and you still in the ABCs of the faith, you need to ask yourself why. Saints should be growing up to the glory of God. As a matter of fact, you can't give God the glory that he desires until you grow up. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. As obedient children of God, we must be determined not to allow ourselves to regress to our previous sinful lifestyles. Uh, Satan wants you to lose all the ground you've gained. That's what he wants to do. That's his goal. Uh, he wants you to lose that ground. So see there, I told you, give up, throw in the towel. And then throw away the towel. Satan, uh, he wants you to have setbacks. He wants you to backslide. 
He wants you to revert back to your sinful lifestyle, old cravings and desires to do those things which are forbidden by God. We must refuse to allow the world to shape or fashion us into its mold. We cannot live holy while yielding ourselves to the prevailing standards of this degenerating culture. Partial obedience is defiance and rebellion against God. Either you're going to obey him or you're not going to obey him. You can't, it's no such thing as obeying God a little bit. That's right. I'm going to kind of obey God. No, no, you're in rebellion and you're defiant as you can be. God wants you to totally obey him. Totally obey him. The Lord requires total, unconditional obedience to his word from his children. Anything less than total obedience is disobedience. Anything less than total obedience is what? Disobedience. Number three, when we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we will see our sins as God sees them. When we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. This means we won't call our sins a mistake. We won't call our sins weakness. We won't call our sins just saying that's just the way I am, rationalizing it. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 5 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So I said, Whoa! is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes... For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In the presence of God, Isaiah mourned, grieved, and cried out in utter desperation over his sins and the sins of his, of his people because his eyes had seen the King of glory, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah's heart was filled with anguish and grief over his own sinfulness because of being in the presence of Almighty God. My friend, when you come into God's presence, you're just not the same anymore. Beloved, are you ever in the presence of God so long that you get convicted as it relates to your own sins? Or do you just kind of sit in spells or just sit a minute or two at a time and expect God to deliver you from all that sin that's inculcated down in you. So when was the last time you cried out in utter desperation over your own sins? Being satisfied with respectable sins will cause you not to cry out and grieve over your sinful condition. I say it again, being satisfied with your respectable sins will also cause you not to cry out and grieve over your sinful condition. What are some respectable sins? And that's in that Sunday school book, by the way. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to call some, some sins that's not in that Sunday school book. That, that book is not comprehensive. That's right. There are other sins that's not in that book that you can write down about yourself. And, and God will convict you about it. What are some respectable sins that we just do because everybody's doing it and we think it's right? Greed, overeating, that's right. Too much salt and, and, you, and you know you, you half dead. That's right. Too much sugar and you're diabetic. More and more and more, you can't stop. 
You're killing yourself with buffets. Uh, Not reading our Bible is a respectable sin. Prayerlessness. Just being so content with so little prayer. Bitterness is a respectable sin. A lack of self-control. You can't control yourself, can't control what you see, can't control your mouth, can't, can't, can't shut up. <clears throat> anger. Some folk anger so long until they, they don't even realize they're angry. Just, just in the spirit of anger. Jealousy. Jealousy will cause you to do some things that are very uncharacteristic of you. Jealousy will cause you to lash out. Jealousy will cause you to cause you to hold a grudge. Jealousy will cause you to be mean. Uh, a lack of faith is another respectable sin. I mean, you, you can't believe God in the midst of your circumstances. Some of you are at a crossroads. Some of you have insurmountable problems. Some of you in, under my voice, you're in a crisis right now. And my question to you is, do you have enough faith to trust God even when you don't understand, even when you don't know the outcome of the diagnosis. You got to believe God even when you don't know what God is doing. You know, another respectable sin is living in fear. Living in fear. There are folk who are afraid to go to the mall. They're afraid to walk their dog. But if Satan can get you to live in fear, he has you exactly where he wants you. You need to realize that God has your life and your life cannot be snuffed out until God says, come home. Okay? I want you to listen, listen to me good. You, can, you will not die unless you do it to yourself until God says, it's time to call my child home. And we die many ways. We, as you know, many, many ways. Just like that illustration of that Southwest Airline the other week and how it went down. How many of you flown Southwest Airline? How many of you? Oh, look at, look at all the hands go up. Okay. And some of you have gotten on that and got a martini and didn't even pray. <laughs> and didn't even pray. I, I, I just wonder, you know, what do I do? Every time I get on a plane, I, I touch that place in the name of Jesus. Give me a good takeoff, a good flight, and a good landing. Now, if that plane comes down and it touches down, I don't care how much turbulence you've gone through. If it comes down and land, it's a good flight. <laughs> Do I have a witness? I don't care how many bumps, how many can zip and zap and, and all that. But if it can land and that rubber, when, and when that, when that wheel hits, hits, hits that tarmac, I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, anything man-made can come apart. And I don't have such confidence in technology. See, some of you got such confidence in your technology that you don't even pray anymore. You get lost, you just pull out your navigational system. That's where you want to know the weather? Just check it. Y'all be easy with if you, if, if, if you If you need some... If you got you need cold medication, medication, you just Google it. And so you so you're so into the technology till you get on there and you get on your technology and you have them bowed your head and pray. Just like you bless your food, if you bless your food, 
you ought to be blessing that plane and praying for everybody on that plane. You know what? When I'm on that plane, I'm doing intercessory prayer. That's right. I don't have time for no foolishness. I'm, I, I, I'm praying. I said, God, hear my prayer. I'm praying for you and that fool on there too. A prayerlessness. You better pray. And you better have your priorities straight. Not praying is a sin of omission. Bitterness is a sin. It will destroy you. It will eat you like cancer. Lack of self-control, anger, jealousy, lack of faith, living in fear, uh, impatient. You're impatient with your children, impatient with your job. Some of you just complain, complain, complain on your job. Instead of thanking God, you have a job when somebody's praying for a job. Somebody would love to be, anybody been laid off and now you working? Have you, are you now so soon to complain You ought to be shouting that you have a job to go work on. Now, if you're not satisfied where you work, go put in, go put in some application. Go online and submit some application. Don't stay there and make everybody else miserable. I mean, I mean, don't, don't make everybody else the problem. Deliver yourself. Get off the job if you that messed up. You hate when it's Monday. You thank God when it's Friday. Something is wrong with you. Matter of fact, listen to this. Your employment ought to be your ministry. And some of you are misrepresenting, misrepresenting God in the ministry of your work. Look how quiet it got then. You clock in and don't even work. And some of you clock in and you're on your cell phone when nobody's looking. You just, you, you just all over the place. They didn't hire you. Get off that phone. Just sitting back, relaxing, and just doing all kind of stuff, making money. That, 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 that's, uh, that's theft. Do you realize you're committing theft on that job when they're paying you for a service you're not performing? Oh, where did the amen go? Did I just talk in French? Maybe I just talked in French. As we choose to live holy each day of our lives, Satan will seek to destroy us and our testimony. That's his goal. We have a goal, too, to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and finish well. As we live for our Lord and Savior, though we are weak, we become strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.